We here at Motorsport 101 wish to pay homage to corn. Praise be to corn. Glory to corn. Glory to Hy-Vee Supermarkets. Salute our farmers. OurFarmersOnly.com for making all of this possible. And also, I'm really glad that Joseph Newgard's going to be okay. Welcome back to Motorsport 101. And of course, glory to corn. Hey guys, I got the episode 383 of Motorsport 101. I am your friendly neighborhood host, Stray Harrison. And uh, glory to corn, because IndyCar had its double header weekend at Iowa for a 250 and a 300 mile oval race brought to you by Hyvee and glory to farmersonly.com. Um, salutes involved. It was the Hyvee salute. It was the Hyvee deals 250 and the Hyvee salute to farmers 300. Like with the hashtag salute to farmers, it was like I don't think Hyvee quite understand how hashtags work. Like which I thought was quite funny more than anything else. But here we are. It, they understood how to put on a good racing event. I mean, sure. You know, memes aside, you know they they injected like all. They they brought that event at Iowa Speedway back like it was Hulk Hogan like not doing some sort of racism on the hidden camera but like shaking off somebody's punches and then giving them the big boot and the leg drop. Oh yeah, like it's uh, <laughs> it's it was it was actually I was gonna mention this in the script but I feel we run out of time but I did salute Ivy for how much they clearly poured into this place to try and make it a more. It's just a better overall racing experience this past weekend. You know, like live music. Like Blake Shelton was there, and Gwen Stefani, Stefani was there. Stefani was performing. Gwen Stefani's still in the league. Still in the league in twenty twenty two. Gwen Stefani is still a thing. Which I thought was cool. They had you know the great big. They had a mini mart. They had a mini Hyvee in the middle of the facility for the campers where you could order all the shit, and it shows up at the track. Uh, Cam, uh, I'm going to the mini Hy-Vee inside Iowa Speedway. Do you want anything? I'll get a, uh, I'll get a right rear damper unit. Oh. Um, uh, the best I can do, the best I can do for you is Jack Harvey qualifying both races top 10. Uh, clearly, clearly the car is messed up somehow, uh, for the benefit much, of the but it's honest sponsor. work. It, it's, <laughs> it's honest work. So, 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 so yeah, that's our other, that's our other co-host, Cam Buckley. Uh, his catchphrase is now farming. Really, man of your talents. Um, <laughs> Very so, good. <laughs> so we've well, we got him, and of course, you've been listening to the dulcet tones of RJ O'Connell as per usual. Um, yeah, we'll be talking about both races in Iowa, of course, this past weekend. It really was the weekend of Joseph Newgarden until it wasn't. Um, We'll be talking about that, the state of the title picture, because things are very spicy regarding that now. I'd argue we've now got a proper six-way scrap for the title fight. In uh, theory, the in theory, theory because in theory. one of those protagonists, this morning as we're recording this, is now a defendant in a civil court case in the county of Marion in Indiana. Yeah. Well, who's going yeah. after him? Um, well, it's his he own likes boss. winners. Yeah. He likes winners so much, he's going to sue that winner to keep his hands on him. Yeah, it, 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 this is a strange, strange situation. A lot has developed in the Alex Pillow situation since the initial news of those contract signs. And since Toronto, even, where it still seemed relatively tame, besides a couple of tidbits of comments from places here and there, it's exploded in the last 12 hours or so since it was announced well, announced, but uh, the journalists did some digging and found out, yeah, Chip Ganassi is suing Alex Polo. And that was breaking news as of today as we record this on July 20. $157 to take him and his management company to court. As you do. Totally normal situation. What could you, what could you buy with $157? Well, with some of that, you can subscribe to us at patreon.com forward slash motorsport 101. Become a patron. Uh, your input in the show is always appreciated. We're on mm. facebook.com forward slash motorsport 101, Twitter at motorsport underscore 101. 
Instagram at Motorsport 101. Uh, our personal handles at Arison10H101HD, at RJ O'Connell, at CBuckley917. I think I got the whole spiel in. That's a good transition. Pretty much, pretty much. Very. Like, that's the first time I've, I've not had to do that since Lewis Sotheby was a co-host on. Like that, that's, that's good times. I, Motorsport101.com. <laughs> of course. And uh, yeah, thanks for that, RJ. Much appreciated. So, without further ado, intro aside, let's get into the glory to corn that is Iowa and some farmers. Let's let's, let's do this. Yeah, it's hard for it not to really get away from it being the weekend of Joseph Newgarden. I mean, race one we had on Saturday night, absolutely dominant. He won, he led 201, so 208, I should say, 208 of the 250 laps at Gateway. He won by six seconds. Only five men were on the lead lap by the time he crossed the line, um, by the time that was all said and done. And after that, Joseph was only, I think, four points behind Marcus Erickson in the championship lead, and we thought, uh-oh, um, that looked ominous um, for Newgarden and Team Penske going forward. He and Will Power were basically in a different postcode compared to the rest of the field. Um, in race one, it was a complete. People wanted rushing. to see IndyCar get back to its roots, and this was one of them because two Penske drivers were basically lapping up to fourth place at times during the, these events. Yeah, it was absolutely incredible. Like they, they, they their, their pace was just meteoric compared to everybody else on that one. Yeah, New Garden finished finished first in the end on that one. He led 208 laps. Pato Award was second. Will Power third on that one. Good to see Renus VK up there as well in fourth for the Ed Carpenter team. Um, Pillow was in sixth on that one. Marcus Erickson just eighth. Not a dreadful weekend. There, first result there for Marcus, but uh, he'd improve in race two. Now, race two was where we got the first pile of seriously important news and championship implications, you could say. Um, Joseph was leading that race comfortably as well. He was three or four seconds in front. Now, a shout out to our uh, esteemed co-host and super sub, Zoe Hamilton, because she was the first one who really pointed this out when we were watching race two live. That Newgarn's car around like the lap 150 mark or so, um, it started acting differently. Like it was you know, it was acting quite violently off the curbs. And next thing you know, on lap two thirty-six the right rear damper effectively explodes. Um, it, it breaks on the car, and then New Garden is sent spinning backwards into the outside wall. He's out of the race, his car is wrecked, and I personally have never seen Joseph New Garden so emotional after a wreck. Yeah, um, he's just he, he was he's, he's a strap because he, he he because that was a missed opportunity for him to take the points lead at a track where I think we all came to the consensus this weekend that up to that point Joseph Newgarden around Iowa is quickly becoming like the new uh, game genie driver track combination. It's oh, yeah. the new Scott Ditson at Mid Ohio. It's a cheat code. It is completely ridiculous. And Remember, he won that. He won this race of 2016 with a broken freaking collarbone. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 this wasn't even the wackiest of the Joseph Newgarden dominant Iowa wins. He, by the time he crashed out on lap 236, he'd already led 148 of the laps in race two as well. So he led half of race two, despite the fact he only has a 24th to show for it this season. He combined to lead 350 sits out of a possible 450 laps. Most of the ones he didn't yeah. lead were the ones led by his teammate, Will Power. Yeah. And Pato Award, who would go on to win race two in the end. He dominated after New Garden's um, caution to clean his car up off the track. But that wasn't even the most the, the most newsworthy thing about that incident. Because about an hour after the race had finished, Joseph New Garden had to be helicoptered to hospital after collapsing outside his trailer and then cutting his head open. Uh. Um. I, we don't know exactly yet as to the reasons why he fainted. It may have been something to do with the crash. It may have been something to do with the fact it was over 100 degrees in Iowa this past weekend. And, you know, 
it was arguably dangerous for the audience and drivers and you know the risk of heat stroke obviously very high in that sort of weather um we don't know as of recording exactly what caused that um that that pass out for new garden but he was headed to hospital thankfully he was released from hospital yesterday tuesday july 26th um seemingly fine all the tests he had in hospital overnight came up negative um he will be reevaluated again um tomorrow a time of recording um santino ferrucci is on standby to replace joseph if he's been declared unfit it's a man that we just can't beat this guy yeah, he just keeps finding a way to keep clawing his way back in. But it's, um, because, it's because he's wearing that mustache as a disguise. Of course. And the, <laughs> how, how else could anybody know? But um, yeah, he's the standby in case. Like I said, it was it was always going to be a mandatory check for Joseph anyway because uh, of the G-force involved in his initial crash at Iowa anyway. So he was always going to get a medical evaluation on Thursday. But he seemed to be fine the first time he went to the medical center after the crash initially hopefully it's not anything like a concussion or the or delayed concussion which is which can happen it's happened in other sports before but I have to wait and see but uh, as i said ferrucci is penciled in to replace joseph if he's been declared unfit tomorrow so that's where we're at right now um what did you guys make of the ballad of joseph newgarden this weekend because it was a newsworthy weekend for the tennessee native I just I listen it, to this. I've listened to both these races on the radio. Um, I, I had like kind of a different perspective of this, but I could tell as I was listening to the race and I was watching the time and scoring that this was this was on track to be a weekend sweep. And that's mm-hmm. to take nothing away from what he did in the 250 lap race on Saturday, because, you know, he got around willpower on the first restart. And then once he got up front. He was not giving up that lead on merit. Like the only time that anyone else saw the lead in that race was when Jimmy Johnson decided to go long by pitting off sequence after, Jimmy, after we had an honest to God, Jimmy Johnson sighting this weekend. He was, outstanding. we did. He was we outstanding did. here. Yeah. He likened Jimmy likened this to driving around Bristol and Darlington. And he said that this was like the first time that he felt like his NASCAR still set really translated over to IndyCar. Dude was power sliding his car all the way around the track. It's it's amazing. I I don't know how many of those he's got left in him, but you know, it'd be cool to see him win a gateway, but I want to get back to Justin Newgarden. Um, This was, and we can talk about this now because it looks like Justin Newgarden's fine. You know what? For a split second, when I heard that he collapsed outside of his trailer, I was genuinely fearing the worst. Thankfully, the worst did not happen. Mm, Um, Now that that's passed, like it was good that he got himself really back squarely in the title contention with that 250 lapper win. And he's it's not outside the realm of possibility that he could jump over Erickson power. But man, just it's the that's strangest what it, that's of the problem that it feels like, RJ, is that however good it was in the first race. It could have been so much better. And that's been the story of Joseph Newgarden for the last couple of years, usually not of his own volition. It's been the story of this season because it has really been either feast or famine, and we got it both in the same weekend. Yeah, this was the last three years. (laughs) Yeah, it's the fourth time this season Joseph Newgarden has finished a race outside of the top 12. Mm -hmm. And he's won four races. Yeah, and he's still 34 points off the lead of the championship, despite him being one of only two men in the field to have won more than one race this season. <laughs> like, the other is Pato Award. Yeah, and I'm McLaughlin. Well, it's actually free. Oh, yeah. McLaughlin's won yeah, too yeah. as well. But, um, which is still crazy to think that McLaughlin's got more wins yeah, this season uh, than Will yeah, Power. Scott, Scott McLaughlin, uh, Talk about a guy who really got the shit out of the stick in the 250 lapper because he had a loose wheel uh, start to come off his car after a, after a yellow flag in the in that race, and that pretty much just ruined any competitive prospects for him. When he was on track for a good top five, top ten finish, yeah, I mean, at least yeah. he pulled it back in the 300. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's got 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 on the podium there in third. Good result for him there, but it's just it's this weekend was so Joseph and Newgarden like we. We saw the very, like, 
we saw the very best of New Garden for most of this weekend because I've said it before. When he is on song, he's impervious. He is absolutely invincible. I, I, I cannot stress this enough. Like this, that final stint in race one where he had to fuel set. He turned a 60 lap stint into an 80. Yeah, it was an 80 lap stint with the amount of lifting and coast, coasting he had to do to make the flag. And the he lifting was, and coasting and the tire management, because let's not forget the tire dig at this track fused. is steep. Yeah, within a 60-lap period on the tyres, despite losing fuel as you're burning as you're running, the average speed difference on a 20-second oval per lap was over 20 miles an hour. It's a huge like, like difference. A, a second or two a lap, and you, and that's not much on a road course, but on a 9 tenths of a mile, 1.4-kilometer oval like this, it's enormous. Yeah, he was doing all of that, juggling his... His tire management, his fuel management. In fact, he was, like the fuel was only good for maybe 60, 62 laps, and then he was able to stretch it out to an 82-lap final stint and still taking time out of his rivals. Unbelievable. Kind of weaving through traffic. Ridiculous. Out of this world. Outrageous driving from Joseph Newgarden. It was unbelievable to look at. It was, it was making the field look silly. And yeah. It, it, it was just unthinkably good from New Garden. And again, just the horrible luck that the man has had this season where in race two, he was looking good to win that one too. He was, again, the only man in his postcode really was, was Will Power and Pado Award was just barely hanging on in there. Um, and Pado got made the difference of only one Penske to beat rather than two at the front. And yeah, like New Garden, then they had the rear ring breaking and that was it. And, and it's just it's it's horribly unlucky, and yeah, it's another New Garden setback, and he's running out of time to keep clawing his way back into this race. New Garden might have to win seven races to win this title, which sounds like he should be winning this championship by a hundred plus points. Given that, as, like, let, let's not forget last year when Alex Polo won the title, he went, he did it with three wins. Nobody in the field won more than three. New Garden might have to win seven to win this title. That's how scary this is. That you know what's even more frightening is the, is the possibility that he could actually pull that off. Yeah, I, I just good. went back and I went back and rewatched some of the highlights of this. He had, he had up to sixth place lapped. The only driver that was really within reach of him was Pato Award, who really couldn't close in on him, and Will Power. This it's not too late to put me in your McLaren seat, Daddy. Um, etc. etc. Regarding Pano Award, but um, Jesus Christ, like this, like that was obscene from you guys. Yeah. That was buried lead here out of all this race two victory and the second place. That is a season saver for Pato Award because it because his championship prospects going into this weekend looked mm. like they had flatlined. Yeah, pretty okay. much. The season looked DOA, and like we've been very critical of McLaren and their lack of reliability and, and team construction yeah. on the brink of their expansion because of Pano Awards results just not reflecting in that. And yeah, huge, huge weekend for Pano Award. All of a sudden, now only 36 points off the top of the standings and back in the race for the championship. I mean, let's talk a little bit about that now. And like, I think. The way that this weekend bottomed out, we now have a definitive, in my opinion, six-car fight for this championship. McLaughlin, I think, is probably a little bit too far away, given he's 86 points back now in seventh. But there are six dudes within one race of the top of the standings. For those guys who, don't, who haven't seen them, I'll give you a quick rundown. Marcus Erickson leads the way on 403. Will Power is eight points back on 395. Joseph Newgarden and Scott Dixon are both 34 points back on 369. Nice. Very nice. Double nice. Um, obviously, Newgarden ahead on count back with four wins. Dixon's one. Pado Award is now 36 back in fifth on 367. And Alex Polo is sixth on, on 359 points, 44 off the top. Is continued participation pending? Yeah. Yeah. More on that so in we, a minute. Yeah. So we'll uh, 
Well, I, I think it'd be fair if we go into this assuming that, like, Alex Pelosi is out the year. Everybody else stays healthy. Who's also a favorite for the Astor Cup? Because I know my preseason pick, Colton Herta. That's, uh, that's, that's done and dusted. <laughs> Buried under 10 tons of concrete. Give me Joseph Newgarden for the three. For, for title number three. It's time to reclaim the one again. <laughs> I, uh... It's weird to say that the person I probably have the least faith in of a, this crew <coughs> is the guy who's been leading the championship for the better part of half the season. Yeah. But it just feels like the, the, the permanent fifth to sixth place Marcus Erickson... He's going to need to start getting more if he wants to, if he wants to retain the title lead to the end. I I need to emphasize that Marcus Erickson did not have a terrible weekend. He had a terrible qualifying. Not all at the all. He said terrible qualifying, but you know that's just it. He was typically he was in his typical Marcus Erickson fashion, very good. The problem was that a lot of other people chose this weekend to be great. Yeah, yeah. It's, the it's, the it's, hall it's, of very good versus the hall of excellent, and for it, that reason, yeah. I'd say uh, a, a different reclaiming the one. I, I would say Will Power because I think so far this year he's had the highest floor. Yes, out of the rest because I'm not sure about McLaren's reliability. I'm not sure if Alex Pelot is even going to see out the season. Scott Dixon, other than the Indy 500, has been a walking ball of mid, despite having a phenomenal comeback in the second race this weekend. Right. Yeah, and he did win Toronto. And it feels like, it, it just feels like with Newgarden that the the cartoon anvil that's been following Alexander Rossi around for the last couple years, <laughs> well, Rossi's now just been hit so hard by it that he's now in the mantle of the earth. Yeah. It has raised up out of the earth, and now it's following around Newgarden. It's it's wild. I'm I'm inclined to agree with Cam. The guy that I have the least amount of question marks about and and that top six is Will Power, which is a weird thing to say given what he was like last year. But he's just been the guy that will bring you the car home in a decent spot nine times out of ten this season. Like Marcus Ericsson has been excellent all season. I need to stress this enough. Like I know people will just jump on the fact he won the final because it's the easy thing to do, right? I need to also point out he's had he's had eight top eight finishes in a row since the month of May. Definition of consistency, outstanding, yeah. including a win at the Indy Five Hundred. He was second at Road America, so there's a couple of podiums in there as well. So don't think it's all just five, six, sevens. There's a little bit of everything in that top eight, like. Eight top eight finishes in a row is outstanding consistency. There is no getting around that. Marcus Erickson belongs in this top six. That's right. we- I, I, I said I said it at the time that like, you know, mm. if if he if he never won another race, he's won the Indianapolis five hundred. His life has changed forever. He doesn't have to prove anybody infamous, but I know that he isn't just satisfied with Not- that. Not in no. this. Not when he has an opportunity to go for a championship. Yeah, he'd be the first man to double up <clears throat> since Dario. Um, like Will Power again has had a phenomenal floor all year long. He's barely put a foot wrong of his own volition all season long. Um, and again, I don't have a lot of question marks about him. New Garden's just been criminally unlucky. He's, he's he's had a lot. Like the only really genuinely awful day he had was Indianapolis, and he was caught in a free car pileup. Essentially, on, on, on Penske that are just a big bag of garbage at Indy these days. Yeah, it's a handicap for them for any guy. If anyone in a Penske at this point, the 500 is like a poison chalice. And you know, like Dixon, Dixon is just the thing is with Dixon, right? The ultimate upside of Dixon doesn't quite seem to be there. But then you look at his pile of results and you go one, two, three, four, five, six top fives. He just, he's just so quietly goes about his business, but again, rarely that, has a bad that Indy five hundred blunder. Oh, really did a lot of damage yeah. to his season. It's gonna because he should have a he should have an overwhelming championship lead, and it just went it all went away. It should he, he should be fifty plus in front. Like that's I can't stress that enough. He should be fifty plus points in in, in the lead. And he just isn't, and and that's just that five that mistake of the five hundred might cost him the double this year, which is just 
terrifying. Something Wars, we could say about uh, mm. Chip Ganassi driver number 10 as well. Yeah, no kidding. Pelot's effectively in the same. But let's not forget, Pelot is in the top six, despite the fact he's not had a pole position and not had a race win all year. <sighs> Crazy. Because he's, he, uh, he's, he's still that dude. Let, let, let me Pato this... Award has... He's got a chance here. And I know that it would be huge if, Mc, if McLaren SP would choose this year to finally grab that narrative by the neck and strangle it out that they do belong in the top three because ooh, Andretti Autosport, we, we, well, I think we need to review your credentials as a big three team. It might be, but to be fair, like McLaren should be. They've thrown a bucket load of money at this IndyCar program, and they're going to throw even more at it in the future with, with the upcoming big Indianapolis facility coming up as well. This has been a planned mega investment from Zach oh, Brown. That it's a big three anymore. I think it's a big two. Yeah, you I can think make it's the a argument big two. that it's a big two because, like, <laughs> Andretti. <laughs> oh God! Oh, Dude, it's Colton, awful. Colton man. Would have had another awful nightmare weekend. Terrible. Not his fault either. Not even his fault. Quietly, Roman Grosjean was the best driver out of their fleet the whole weekend, and he got a couple of solid top ten finishes, which is good. But that's kind of what you expect out of him at this point. Considering you, you expect more hitter. out of Andretti on an oval. And this year, they just have not had it at all. And Colton Herter then had a broken clutch in race one and then had to take an engine penalty because his engine didn't make the allocated mileage. So he had to take a nine-place grid penalty for race two. He'd end up finishing 24th and 12th on the weekend. And he's now significantly... I'm doing the math in my head real quick here. I want to say 39 points off of Scott McLaughlin in seventh in the championship. If Herter wants that super license... The the gap is basically has to win every remaining round. He needs at least two wins between now and uh, the last five. I would argue. I think he needs at least two uh, out of the last five. Like the 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 Hertz super license probably isn't happening this year, which is uh, a catastrophic failure on on Andretti's part that they're in this situation as it is. Um, But overall, I mean, we'll say I will say it's a better landing spot for Kyle Kirkwood. Because I've I've heard people suggest that is Andretti is Foyt Andretti really that much of an upgrade? Tell you that it is. Uh, it is, but that says a lot more about Foyt than it does Andretti. I I get the feeling that Joseph Newgarden could go on is going to continue this here, good health willing. And make a He's, serious run and at least finish top two in the championship. What I'm saying, I, th- the, I think the, the two like, Penskys here, given the strength of them across the year, if the bad luck anvil doesn't crash down on them, I'd probably have the most faith in the two Penskys mm. and Dixon. Dude, we talked shit about Penske at the 500. Like the road course coming up this weekend, that's a, that's pretty much a banker round for Will Power at this point. It is. I was say, he, power, he power and Pagano always go well there. If if Power can put together a good race there, as good as he did earlier this year, oh boy, <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fascinating one. And let's not forget, mm-hmm. we, we talk about New Garden having a comeback. If New Garden's declared unfit for this race, it's over. Like it, it's, oh yeah, the, the, his whole season will hinge on that medical check. Like and that's this is which like, you know, it's a scary thought. World knows how I feel about that standby, and and it's it's how we all feel about that standby. It's not. It's not even. I I I have to watch my favorite driver to give away up to fifty points, and then I gotta watch him wheel around the number two, as we are all just. You know what? This is almost as bad as the black pepper and mayonnaise sandwich that we're watching right now on the timeline. <laughs> All three look, of us have seen that now, huh? Look, look, respect to Richard Petty and his 200 wins. What are you doing, man? Right. Black pepper and mayonnaise. <laughs> we cannot have this. Uh, uh, that's, and that's only the second worst food-related thing uh, that I've seen today. Do, Shout out do to we, Zoe, do we, friend of the show. Do, 
Do we However, talk about back the, on, the, back, the back on topic? Stop. Some take RJ's mic. Take RJ's mic. <laughs> I am now Bill Weber in the mid two thousands. God. So so you, look. I think you're better to work with than Bill Weber in the mid two thousands. But we need to talk about Alex Pillow. We yeah. do need to talk about Alex Pillow, who isn't apparently better to work with than Bill Weber in the mid two thousands. <clears throat> Speed run everything that's gone through since the last time we were here. Alex Pillow has initially has claimed that he was actually happy to stay where he was at Chip Ganassi Racing. Chip Ganassi leaked the initial contract deal to the media. Alex Pillow, according to reports, has been frozen out of the team by other drivers and has also been frozen out of certain sensitive engineering data. There is a possibility that Chip Ganassi could potentially dump Pillow at the end of the season regardless of who wins the contract disputes, and certainly regardless of how Alex Pillow finishes out this season, if he finishes mm. out at all. McLaren Racing, assuming that Alex Pillow was a total free agent with no options on the table, has now decided that they will not buy out Alex Pillow's Ganassi contract, and it will all have to come from Pillow and his Monaco Increase Management Company that represents him. And just today, Chip Ganassi Racing, has sued Alex Pillow Montalvo in Marion County, Indiana Civil Court on Tuesday with details ongoing. There's a yes. lot to unpack here. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, well, for the record, we don't know exactly what Chip has sued him for because they've filed a notion to keep that part of the lawsuit confidential. Um, outside of the public, but we have a lot to break down here. I mean, th that is the short version of what's been happening since then. But, gentlemen, what have you made of the Polo drama since Toronto? Because there is a lot to unpack here. What a waste. Oh, what a waste of an incredibly talented driver. What a managerial fuck-up. Catastrophically. <laughs> because in all of this... You know, he wanted to leave Chip Ganassi Racing. Fine. Whatever. You do you. His management told McLaren that he was a free agent when he was explicitly not when the option was on Chip's end, not on Alex's end. Meaning that no matter what happens, McLaren are not going to buy him out of that deal because he's now dealt in bad faith with Chip Ganassi. And he and or his management lied to McLaren to get that contract signed with them in the first place. I do also need to retract something that I said last week that uh, it, it seems like Roger Yasakawa is still part of Monaco increased management. Yes. Uh, it looked like initial reports were that the former IndyCar series journeyman and his advisor back in his Japanese days when he was in Super GT and Super Formula was no longer representing him. He's still with a company, though it's uncertain of how much he's involved. I don't know at this point, but Jesus Christ. Uh, I don't even know where to start. I don't feel comfortable like speculating because I, I, I have a feeling that this is going to end really, really, really. It's not going to end great, and it's going to be like a short-term career killer at this point and then again you know kyle larson saying what he said should have been a career killer and we know how that turned out but yeah yeah and then kyle larson went and uh signed a contract with someone uh who who had no was under no illusions of what he was getting that's right yeah i mean because for, that's all, we just know, for all we know alex polo could end up at penske next year none of this would surprise no outcomes would surprise me at this point I, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, the way I see it is, it's 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 it, this is this is horrendous. Like there is a like there is a level of at best naivety that Polo has to take some degree of accountability for. Yes, his management seems to have been the ones that have spun up most of this trouble. But you're yeah. accountable for who manages you. Let's say you, you you have to hold those people accountable because they're playing with your future. That they, they represent you at the end of the day. That's on you. You have to pick the right people to represent. And you. more importantly, Dre, mm. in the publicly available documents regarding this civil suit, Pelo says he is uh, he, that he is happy with his management team. 
Which is just how? Which you'll be, you'll uh, you know what that soon. tells me that that he has full faith in his management team. To which you know what that tells me. That tells me he was in full knowledge of everything going on here. Like I said last week, it was it was it was a very ruthless uh, maneuver to take the nuclear option to to get out but this RJ. Deal. You can't go so nuke. You can't go so nuclear option that you burn the hand trying to feed you. Right. Because it's... you lied to you. You made a deal to get away from your current employers by lying to your future employers. It, it, it's a catastrophe. All you're doing is just you're going to alienate yourself with both parties. And that is exactly how this has turned out. McLaren have distanced themselves from this deal now. And it's looking, in my opinion, likely the chip's going to win this case. Because there is no way on God's green earth that Chip would sue his own driver unless he knew that contract was ironclad. If you're if you're below and you've already said that about your management team, how can you argue in good faith? I don't know. Uh, people seem to really latch on to Chip saying today that he still wants. Alex Pillow is his. He's saying driver. that for the. I agree with. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree with King on this one because we we had talked to King about this earlier. That is him. That is him saving face publicly for the suit. Because if he says that, if he says that he doesn't want, if Pillow he, tell, in the car, if he tells that, the that truth, he's going to lose the case. Yeah, Again, that undermines his his that undermines his lawsuit. Yeah, which he, which he makes you think that like you know this is a this is a fib so transparent you could you could. It's it's more transparent than like those for Game legal reasons. I have to still want this dude, <laughs> but but it's just it's such a, because Alex Pillow is so good and he's, he's good so to good to watch. And we have been we have been singing this dude's praises since he won his first Super Formula race in that Forest Gump rain, and this just he's makes incredible. it look it makes it look him it makes him and Chip. And McLaren and his management look like a bunch of clowns. Yeah. Amazingly, the only party that doesn't look completely stupid in this is McLaren, who understandably felt they were acting in good faith. It's it's wild how we've come around and McLaren's role in this in a week, haven't Yeah. With, because, with all that we know. And even then, McLaren signed a dude without looking over everything and being like, hmm, is this guy actually a free agent or not? <laughs> but then if the dude and his management are telling you they are, you have to take his word for it. Why wouldn't you? Like, you know, it's like, why would you immediately go, I don't think his manager's telling the truth. Let me go check that contract. And of course, that means they can't do that anyway because Chip holds those contract details. And as we've seen in this lawsuit, he's keeping that part of the contract strictly off the record. Yeah. Motorsport is not like the NBA or any of the other big four leagues or anything that has like a players union. Like the, all the details of these contracts are not like, publicly known especially not in indycar like you have to dig for that information in f1 i'm just worried that we are gonna see an incredibly exciting fun to watch and overall likable dude out of the sport just out of sheer good old-fashioned incompetence i don't think it's gonna be like a long-term departure if it is unless he like gets the f1 drive and somehow goes on correct I don't think he's going to be gone forever, but then how do you trust him and his management going forward if you want to sign this dude? Aprilia found a way to trust Maverick Vinales after the shit he did. Yeah, but that's Aprilia. But here's the thing, right? Aprilia fell into having one of the best riders in the world fall on their lap. I say, let's not forget, Aprilia fell into that situation (laughs) because the guy that they staked their entire future on got caught pissing hot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like pretty are not the models of management here in the grand scheme of things. The point Happy I was going to make is, the point I was going to make here is that Marshall Pruitt put it out there twice over the last week that the way it was leaning, Chip is going to park Polo no matter what happens if he wins this case. Like, if you if you take his insider word for it on this, which I've got, I've got no reason to believe Chip's lines are Marshall. Yeah, Pruitt. Marshall Pruitt uh, of all the motorsport media members on this yeah. earth is one of those dudes, we, he, if he has something to say, you sit up and you listen. Yeah, yeah. and you know what credit words do? Jennifer Iervay of the Associated Press, you know, we 
Yeah, we always haven't spoken highly of your work, Jenna, on the podcast, if you're listening to this, but you've been doing a great job with breaking all this shit for like the last couple of months. Fair play to, yeah, fair play to Jenna Fry. She's been on the button on this from day one. She's been outstanding on this one. And yeah, credit where credit is due. I mean, like I said, if, if the talk is true, Pruitt will park below next year. And that like and Ganassi will park him. Yeah. And and it would be such a fucking shame that the he could very well be a reigning two-time series champion. Could you imagine how awkward the Astor Cup celebrations would be at Laguna Seca on September? Oh, oh my deadlocked. god, I'm contractually I'm deadlocked out of the sport. Oh my god, I am. I would live for that. Could you imagine? Oh. Alex, Alex Pillow lifts up the Astor Cup, walks up the ship, and does the Bret Hart WCW thing, but it's like the MCL. world champion does what the fuck he wants. <laughs> no, he, should, no he, he does the Steve. He does the CM Punk thing where he blows a chip, kiss the chip, and then walks out, runs out of the arena with with his mini Astor cup and his chicken and waffles. I mean, the short term prospects for Polo are destroyed no matter how this ends. Yeah, because it, if, if, if it, I can't see a way, M- McLaren are not going to help him. McLaren were lied to. McLaren are on the burnt end of this. They yeah. would love to He's have him, not, but they're not going to pull the heavy lifting. Not when they were insured that they wouldn't need to, and then find out after signing the dotted line that they will. Yeah, this blows up one of the more intriguing angles of this whole thing too. Was to, was this blows up like the potential blood feud between Zach and Ship and Court? I want yeah. to see. Oh, I, I don't. Th- I I don't know about all that, but what it does. If 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 Pruitt's if Pruitt's words hold true, what it does is it contractually deadlocks one of my favorite drivers out of the series next year, and that just sucks. Yeah, what no, do we no think? one wins. No. What do we think? One year from today, what are we talking about, Alex Polo? Uh, what is he doing? What do you see him doing a, week, a year from today? Uh, eating fried chicken. I think he'll be on his couch. Somewhere in Spain, eating some fried chicken and fielding phone calls from pretty much all the top teams asking for a ride next year because he'll be the number one free agent on the board going into 2024. I think mine is his management team. You'd think McLaren. One, you'd hope he's either he's either he's either competing for an Astor Cup at McLaren SP. Yeah, or. And that's if Chip acts in good faith. No, because, or, because again, McLaren's not going to buy him out of that contract. I think. I think if I think if his management wanted to uh, to pony up, I think they would, um, because there again, there is also the F one stipulation attached to it, and Monaco Increase Management has wanted to get their foot in the F one for a while. They wanted to be the second incarnation of a camp Adrian Campos led F one team that eventually went nowhere. Which is my aside to let remind you that another Monaco Increase Management client is one Porsche Formula E driver, Pascal Verline. We don't talk about the but the Porsche Formula E team has been redacted. <laughs> I could see, I could see, I could see this going a couple ways. I could see him. Racing with McLaren SP at Sierra. Or I could see him I could see him ending up in a situation was Dan Weldon in his last year was kind of frozen out of Panther racing. He spent the start of that year in court with his former bosses, and he had to scramble to get a ride with his former teammate that just so happened to be a, give him a second Indy 500 win. And, and I could see something like that happening. But I think in this instance, with all that's out there, I think I just got to tip my hat and say, I really don't know what's going to happen. And that uncertainty really terrifies me because having Alex Pillow racing, and especially having Alex Pillow racing in IndyCar, is great for IndyCar. And it would be a shame if he's not there. If he's not racing at all anywhere next season. It's a look. It's, it's, a, it's, it's, you know, back to our point. First time we started talking about this. It's not a good look. If someone just committed short term career suicide to try and get to F1 only for it to blow up in their face. And that's how bad they wanted out of IndyCar. 
It's a loss for everybody involved here, man. It's the, the, the this is the point. I'm mean, the overall point. The line the line wanted to make it. No one wins in this scenario. McLaren were the victims of a bad faith argument. Chip Ganassi might have to contractually deadlock his own reigning series champion because his management had a monumental fuck up out of sheer greed for money. Like let's let's call this what it is. They wanted to yeah. get McLaren on board because he felt like he was being shortchanged, which is understandable. But you don't do that. You don't sit down and negotiate and sign a contract with another team when you're contractually obligated to the one you're with. It is a monumental fuck-up. And unfortunately, no matter which way you slice it, it's of Alex's own making. And that is a damn shame because... His actions have now had a catastrophic effect on himself, his management, Chip Ganassi Racing, McLaren Racing, and the series as a whole. This reigning champion might be parked for a year. That's embarrassing for everybody involved. Like, yeah, no- it's 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 fine. Yeah, like that's the bad look. I I don't think it's as bad if like you know you have young prospects looking to graduate from IndyCar to F1. It's a bad look when the the reigning potentially two-time and defending series champion uh, is having to uh, scramble to get bought out of the rest of his deal so he can get one crack at the 500 on a part-time basis and maybe flip it into something else as a potential worst-case scenario. It's awful. And he's now going to be leaning on and hoping that Chip tears his old contract up if he wins this legal dispute out of good faith. And I, I don't I don't think that's going to happen. Why would Chip let, let that go and have one of the best drivers in the world be used against him? Like, that's just... You, you, it's just not very smart management it's, to it's do not that. Very, uh, it's not a very I like winners move. No, we it's will, not. We'll know the answer to this. Um, in the coming We'll weeks. know the answer to this by this weekend. Does he race in Indianapolis? Yes. I think if, so too. If you it's believe Chip, yes. if you believe Chip's statement that they put out this afternoon, if you believe it, and what they said they're going to try and help Polo win this title this year, which I believe they will, then yes, he'll he'll race he'll, he'll race for the rest of the year. I think so too. I think it was, it would, I think it would be like it would be awkward, but it would also be like you know you you have three potential championship winning cars who could all support each other. You take one out of the chamber, and you know that's out of, out of pride. And it's, yeah, it's just it just doesn't make any sense to me personally. It's just, but a, it's just a bad feeling. It's just it's awful. Just like we as fans, like especially in the case of Cam and RJ, who have been huge fans of Polo for the last half decade. Yeah. Like it, it hurts them even more than it hurts me. I'm just a filthy British, you know, not cared about IndyCar fan from across the pond, and I'm gutted. That we might have, there's a strong chance that Alex Polo won't be racing in this series next year. Like that's or anywhere, just, that's just shit for everybody. Like as a as a fan of motorsport, it's embarrassing to see that as a fan. It's embarrassing that that motorsport doesn't have a union culture to protect drivers like this. It's stupid that management firms are sometimes in way over their heads to the point where it fucks their driver and client over. Like all of this is just dumb and stupid and bad and it makes us as motorsport fans like suffer for no good reason because of just greed and silliness and it's it's just so frustrating as a sports fan to have to sit there and cope with that it's really stupid and i just i just it's i agree as a fan of indie it's embarrassing yeah it's it's sad it's it's humiliating we look look like like it's that good for steiner meme we look like a bunch of fucking wankers we can do better than this. The sport could yeah. do better than this. It's just stupid, honestly. I'm hoping for better things because God's only Matt Shilton and his sponsors sacrificed themselves for the greater good to be the title sponsor of this Indianapolis road course race this weekend. Maybe the NASCAR car boys won't rip up the curbs this time. Who knows? Dude. Not like any cars to worry about. <laughs> Yeah, it is the IndyCar Gallagher Grand Prix. It's the Indianapolis Road Course for the second time this season. That is this weekend for IndyCar. It's part of the NASCAR doubleheader because I'd also be racing here in the Indianapolis Road Course over the course of the weekend. So do check that out. 
out um, and, and support the doubleheader. That would always be cool to see if you can make it down there or watch along wherever you get your motorsport you coverage. Can you imagine that we're having to beg people to turn up at the NASCAR race at Indianapolis Motor Speedway when once upon a time that was a legitimate crown jewel event? And then 2008 happened. 2008 happened. Yeah. As you do. There's a lot of motorsport this weekend in general. Formula One, as mentioned, back at Budapest. We've got IndyCar and the NASCAR doubleheader at Indianapolis Road Course as well. And we have Formula E's penultimate doubleheader of the year at London, the Excel Center for their EPRI this weekend as well. It's clashing with the Formula One, you stupid idiots. What is wrong with you people at Formula E? Get your shit together. Hey, and Channel 4, you're broadcasting this in the UK. Stop demoting your races to the YouTube channel. For fuck's sake. This series is so frustrating. I want to like it, but God. Anyway, all of that this weekend and much more um, as well. Also, good news for you British fans out there before we get out of here as well. MotoGP is back next week at Silverstone. We'll talk about it a little bit closer to the time as well. It is free to air in the UK. It is on the big channel, ITV1. Next weekend, oh, yeah. please, please, please watch along. If, if you're a MotoGP fan, please watch the British Grand Prix. I say this because Dorna has realized that sticking their coverage of the sport, <coughs> pardon, excuse me, um, sticking their coverage of the sport on a £25 a month premium channel on cable is stupid and doesn't grow your, sp- doesn't grow your sport. So please watch an ITV. It's one of the best series in the world. You'll love it. Please watch on ITV1. It's prime time on Sunday. Do it, do it, do it. Right, let's get out of here. You know you know where to find us. YouTube.com, Facebook.com, forward slash Motorsport 101, Motorsport 101 pod on Instagram, uh, Twitter, at Motorsport underscore 101, at Harrison 101 HD, at RJ O'Connell, at CBuckley 917. All of my thoughts on IndyCar, Alex Polo, Daniel Ricardo, the French Grand Prix, all on the the blog section of the website, Motorsport 101. All of our content is on there in some capacity. And patreon.com forward slash Motorsport 101. Check us out on there when you get a chance already. My voice is going, but but until then, I've been Dre Harrison. They've been RJ O'Connor and Cam Buckley. Until then, next time, sayonara. Later, y'all. is going with all this contractual BS. Do you, do you, do you, want, to sign, do you want to sign a second contract to prove it? Uh, no, I'm not a free agent. <laughs> no, no, I'm I'm gonna, I'm actually going to start double dipping for Donut Media. Oh. <laughs>